All right, Harold, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you for coming coming by. You know, it's, it's been a... I've been trying to get you on for a while. You know, I, I saw you on... Um, you ain't even trying to get me on. I am, but how many times have I asked you to be on the podcast? How many times? Check your text messages. One. One? And then I responded. It's been a while, see? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while. Like I said, never what you're going to give us you. Uh, but I saw you on... Uh, sh- is it Sean Lowry? Yeah, yeah. A dreamer's ambition. Yeah, I saw you on that one, and uh, you were you were dropping some bars. I'm like, you know, okay, I got I got I got to get him on and expand and see what this guy talking about. So, <clears throat> this podcast is about entrepreneurship. It's about helping people create what they want, um, and you are a, a true creator. So, let's start with how you got into entrepreneurship. Let's go way back because I know it, it's happened over the last five or six years. Let's let's go way back and you know and talk to me about that entrepreneurship bug that you that you got. Okay. Well, I first caught the bug when I was like in high school, actually. So, Wait, high school? Okay. Yeah, when I was about 15, <clears throat> I started making my first money online. So, um, my first time doing e-commerce was actually when I was 15. Okay. So, and I was into some like, some real, some real BS. Like I was out here, I was hacking people. <laughs> I knew I would basically like steal people like, because back in the day, yeah. <clears throat> like you know nowadays like you want to play video games and stuff online or computer games you got you it's all in the cloud now so you log yeah, in yeah. but before everyone had like cd keys or you had to like plug in a software yeah. here you know like if you yeah. got microsoft yeah. office yeah. you had to plug in a cd key yeah. so that's the illegal ones yeah so that's what i used to do <laughs> okay so i used to basically find a way to take them from other people right um and then i would sell them on ebay or at one time i started my own website and oh, so, i would sell so those you went keys. big yeah. So you were straight black market. Straight straight black market uh, in high school and didn't really understand anything about business at all. I just yeah. knew, okay, if I take them, I can sell them, I can make money. Right. That's all I knew. <clears throat> and uh, then from there, what I started doing was I would build websites and I would uh, take the websites and basically... <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would take the website and I would use black market techniques to get traffic to the website right. but i would put like google adsense on them so that the ads would generate money this is in high school this is in high school okay so so i at one point when i was i was about probably 15 and a half i had this one website that generated me about 350 bucks in, in a month just off of sending traffic to it and yeah. telling people like hey if you click the ads you can get this <laughs> <laughs> so people were going they were clicking the ads and at that time, the ads that paid the most money was Mesothelioma ads. Wow. Like, that was, like, the highest-ranking keyword. So I just basically put all the keywords on the site, or, all like, in under the, you know, the SEO and all that for Mesothelioma, so that's what ads will pop up. So, yeah, that's how I uh, generated 300-something bucks that month. So how did you learn all this stuff? Uh, Shoot, man, I guess just I've always been into computers, yeah. like, since I was a kid. Like, I remember the first time when I was, like, four years old, my grandma got me a computer. Yeah. And no one, I always had this thing for, like, fixing things that were broken. Right. So, like, um, they got me this computer. No one could figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what I did, but I did something, and it started working. And then from there, I'd just been, like, hooked on it. So, like, it was always, like, yeah. you know, what can I do with the computer? And then from there, it was just spending time online. I played a lot of online video games, yeah. and so I would talk to a lot of people online. And they would teach me things. So the way I learned about how to like take CD keys and sell them was one of my friends. I met him. I met him online. He was in Long Beach, and uh, I'm from Carson. So I was like, oh shoot, somebody that I kind of know um, or in the same area as me. And he did the same thing to become to buy his uh, first turntables because he wow. wanted to DJ. Yeah. So I was like, dang, he yeah. could do this. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it started. You the uh, the second second hustler to come on a, on the show at <laughs> had, had Nate uh, last week. Oh, yeah. We were talking about how he started on a, on on the corner with a stove, right? <laughs> so I'm like, okay, so hey, I mean, it works. You know, we we created and that pushes us us to other things. Facts. So you went from 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 that, and then what was your first, I guess, legit <laughs> entrepreneur venture? Uh, first legit. Okay, legit as in terms of like me actually like starting a business, setting it up and whatnot. In terms of you probably not going to jail. Oh, okay. So I used to sell clothes. Okay. You know, like mm-hmm. I would buy like uh, shoes and flip them. That's right. Um, you know, I was literally like that dude selling stuff out of my trunk because yeah. there was a point in my life when like when I turned like 18, like I was 
dang near homeless. Like yeah. I was living on people, like couches yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Shoot, David's here. He knows. I was I was living yeah. with his family. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so yeah, there was a point where I would just find stuff, buy it, sell it for more type right. deal, buy right. it for a dollar, sell it for two. Right. Um, and then my first actual business mm-hmm. was after, you know, I went. I ended up going back to work. Cause I didn't really understand how to, I didn't understand business. Yeah. So my thing was just like, I don't know how to scale any you of this. You just hustled. Yeah, I yeah, just hustled. Yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. I was surviving. Yeah. So when it got to the place where I realized that I needed to actually like build in order to like live and take care of my family, yeah. that was like 10 years later. So right. from like 18 to maybe like eight years later right. when I'm having my first daughter. Right. And so I'm back, I've been back to nine to five work. Yeah. At that point, I realized, like, oh, okay, like, if I actually want to be able to really, like, take care of my family and take them where I want to go yeah. and not go to college, right. like, I either need to get a sales job or I need to start my own business. Right, right. And so. Let's uh, back up a little bit, and I'm going to touch on the homeless part, because uh, I think people underestimate, like, what entrepreneurs go through to get get to where they are. I mean, even even me, I was I was homeless, right? Yeah. So I used to take my kids to school and actually go to a parking lot and park there all day and just like work on my goals, work on my dreams. Like, and, and no one sees that unless that story is being told. But what did being homeless? Well, first of all, how did you get to a point where where you, where you were homeless, and then how did that push you to 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 want to start yeah. uh, your business? So, first, I want to preface it by saying that I wouldn't call it like I was like homeless homeless because it's like I don't want to do a disservice to the people that were there to try and support me Um, but basically so when I was so I got a fast I got to back up just even a little bit more than that so um, when I was two years old my dad got jumped he was put in a coma he was in a a gang got jumped by a rival gang Um, he was in a coma for about a month you know couldn't had to figure out how to walk again stuff like that after he got out so I actually ended up going to live with my grandmother like super early around that time. <clears throat> and uh, so she raised me when we, were, we lived in Carson. We moved, she moved me out to uh, Marino Valley. We were in Marino Valley. It was just me and her and my uncle and my aunt. <clears throat> my aunt was in and out of the house. She eventually moved out. So then it was me, my grandma, and my uncle. My grandma passed away when I was 17. So when I was in high school, she passed away. Okay. And then from there, it was just me, oh, my uncle, okay. my aunt. Okay. Yeah. So um, from there, I, I went to go move with close friends and family. Um, I probably could have moved with my dad. Yeah. But there was just like, I don't know what it was back then. I couldn't, couldn't even answer the question, yeah. to be honest. Like, yeah. I don't know why. Um, but uh, so, yeah, from there, it was like, I kind of was in this place where one, I didn't really want any help from anybody because mm-hmm. I was so lost and I didn't know what was, I just dropped, I dropped out of high school. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of always in this place where it was just like, I'm on my own yeah. type deal. Yeah. So from there it was like, yeah, I was just, I had friends I stayed with. Yeah. Eventually my friend's dad kicked me out because he was like, you know, you're not really doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I went to go live with my aunt in Vegas who I didn't really like know very, like we knew each other, but I didn't really know her this that is well. High school, right? This high school. This is right after high okay, school. Okay. So like I'm, I just dropped out. Right. Maybe like six months after dropping out. Okay. So I go stay there with what my. Where was that? So, so, so. Uh, well, <laughs> I was basically a senior. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like it was just I was going yeah. to continuation school, yeah, yeah. and I was like, uh, this isn't gonna work yeah, out. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna finish. Yeah. So. Go to stay with my aunt in Vegas. I stay there for like three months. I basically get homesick. Mm. You know, I found two jobs out there. I was doing my thing or whatever, but then it was like, I, I didn't want to be out there anymore. Yeah, yeah. So came back to California with really no plan at all. And uh, from there, I went to stay with my, I went to go stay back with my uncle who I was living with. So my bad, let me go back just a little bit. When yeah, I was yeah. living with my grandma, uh, when she passed away, my uncle, um, who rest in peace as well, he just died in 2012. Wow. So he lost the house because he was going through his own struggles. He just lost his mom, whatever. So we ended up losing the house. So that was like the, that was where everything started. Where in his thing was like, well, you got to find a place to live. (laughs) It got real. Yeah, it got real. So, uh, and and I don't blame him because at that time, like 
I was I was running away from everything. Yeah. Like, so I mean, yeah, that's pretty much how how it all happened. Yeah. Um, and then from there, it was just like just complete instability for about a good <laughs> six years. Six. Six years of staying at someone's house, right. leaving, you know, sleeping on friends' couches. Like, you know, there's my mom too, who wasn't really in the picture at all. Um, and for like about three, four years, through all, pretty much through all of high school, I didn't know where she was at. So, like, I had no idea. We couldn't get a hold of her. I heard she was homeless at the time. So I didn't know where she was at. And eventually we ended up getting reconnected. And so I ended up, I would end up going to her house mm. without her even knowing my situation. Right. But just so I could have a place to sleep out in L.A. So how did you, how did you manage all that? I mean your grandma di- died, your pop's not around, your mom is not around. It's like, how did you manage that at such a young age? Like, what was going through your head? I was in denial about everything, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. even my dad not being there, I was in denial about. I didn't, reali- I didn't realize any of the pain I had until, hmm. until I was getting married. And really? I went to premarital counseling. Wow. And that was the first time I realized, like, oh, shoot. Because yeah. I was getting mad about things, I didn't understand yeah. why. I'd be angry about things that my wife did, and I had no idea why. Yeah. And then through peer mental counseling, helped discover that, started getting awareness of like, oh, it's because yeah. my dad, or yeah. because of this, or whatever. But all the way up <clears> until <throat> I was like 23, I didn't think I had any issues with my dad. Yeah, I didn't know what was, what yeah. it was. Same here. Is that I had? I, I think <clears throat> society tells us that really only women have daddy issues, right? But us guys have them too, right? A big time. And I didn't know I had daddy issues either because I was I was so afraid of people leaving me and like loss. And through counseling, I figured out I had a fear of abandonment, right? Because my dad abandoned me at a young age. And and when you when you grow to know where those fears come from, it like helps you, I guess, get better and like navigate through life. Um, but I mean, but just me sitting back and looking back, um, <clears throat> it's like, well, you know what? I'm glad you wasn't there because you're fucked up. And like, if you were to stay with me, I'll be fucked up too. Right, right. right. So it, it, it's kind of a blessing, but then you still want that in a sense. I mean, I, I know I did, right? Want that father figure there, um, and it, it all came out and I revealed, right? Yeah, because yeah. That was really, really intense for me, right? Because I, I, all this crap came up, and I knew exactly where it came from. But I think, I think it helped shape me, also helped shape you into the person you, you are today. Um, so you get married, you find out like where stuff is now at this time you're working, right? So you're working at this time. Yeah. Um, and then you still have the entrepreneurial bug in you, right? Yeah. And, and to speak to what you just said, like, you know, when my, my dad was around until I was like seven. Okay. So. But I mean, even then, he wasn't really like living with me. Yeah. But he, he would be around. And I remember being happy to see him. Yeah. And I remember the moment right. that like, I was no, I no longer like cared. Like the moment that he left. Care about, so care about what? About just seeing him. Okay. Yeah. Like I wasn't happy anymore yeah. with him. Yeah. And that was when I was I was seven. Yeah. So when I was seven, he went to go live with another woman around like, probably about a mile away from our house. Right. Yeah. And and she had a family. And so, at that moment, I remember, like, completely losing, like, yeah. well, I don't remember it, yeah. but in reflection, like, I can see that I completely lost confidence in myself. Wow. Yeah. Like, to the point where, like, there was a point in my life where, like, I would get in fights with anybody. Like, I didn't just care. Because, like, if yeah. you mess with me, not even just because, but, like, yeah. if you mess with me, I'm going yeah. like, to protect myself. Right, right. There was a point where I stopped <clears throat> defending myself. Oh, even, even in the fights? And even in fights. Wow. Like, after my dad, like, left. Wow. Like, I just... Well, not like, not if someone just came up and punched yeah, me in the face, yeah. like, but you know, like, you. to the point where I just felt fear. Yeah. Like, because I didn't feel like anyone was going to have my back. Wow. If I ever needed it. Yeah. But I didn't realize this at all while I was yeah. going through it. Yeah. For some reason, I was just like, why am I so scared? And I would make excuses for why. I would mm-hmm. come up with reasons. Um, but I only bring that up because, like, between... 18 or 17 and you know making a little bit of money online and Mm -hmm. seeing that this stuff works and me going to premarital counseling i never thought about entrepreneurship again really yeah (laughs) i had already caught the bug i already made money online i knew that this worked but i never never considered that i could do it myself wow 
and I just I'm literally making the connection right now as yeah. we're talking because yeah. so what ended up happening was I mean I would I would call myself sort of an entrepreneur like yeah. in a sense like in so right before in 2010 because I got married in 2013 so in 2010 I ended up getting a job doing uh, telecommunications so I did uh, um, like kind of as like a subcontractor basically side jobs all yeah. kinds of a lot of flexibility um, job that I never done before. I literally quit Walmart, like, just woke up one morning and was like, I'm out of here. Like, I used to work at Walmart. <laughs> yeah, I used to work, bro, I worked everywhere. I worked <laughs> at least 20 jobs. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I used to work at Walmart, and then one morning I just woke up and I was like, I'm, I'm not going here anymore. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much how I quit almost. <laughs> so, right. I was like, I'm not going here anymore. And so I ended up kind of catching, like, I was hustling again. Yeah, yeah. Started hustling again, and then um, when... I was about to get married, or when I got, yeah, when I was about to get married, I was like, oh, shoot, like, I need to get a job that actually gives me insurance, right. like, so I could take care of my family. Right. So then I went and got, I was like, well, what do I do? I know, I know computers, so I got a job at a web hosting company. Yeah. So that was my first nine to five, my first real nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so after, around that same time, I'm going through premarital counseling. I have this job. I'm discovering things about my dad and how I feel about him and how I feel about my mom. Right. And at the same time, I'm doing customer service, technical support at these jobs. Right. So I'm talking to people that are telling me about how much money they paid for websites. Right. And I'm seeing how bad they look. Right, right. And in that moment, I was like, oh, shoot. This is how much money I can, I can get paid doing this? Right. Like, these guys are over here getting robbed. I could do the same thing. Right. In that moment, it was like, okay, the bug just like, yeah. I started down the trail again. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> it's, it's, really, it's really crazy how, like, we think we're adults, we get to a point where we're over certain things, but even, even as an adult, you still had crap with your father, with your mother, that you had to get out. But it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a never ending, Discovery, right? It's, it's like the, yeah, still have it. Yeah, still have it. Like the, the constant work. But the thing is that you're doing the work, right? It's like every day you're doing the work because you can easily get sucked back into that 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 trap, right? And then it can suck your family back into that trap. So when when you realize that you had some issues with your father and maybe a mother, how did that shape you you as a father now? Being the fact that they wasn't there, how that how that shape you as a father right now? Man, that's a rough, that's a rough one. Um, first, I'd say it screwed me up. Mm. Like, I look at how I raised my first daughter, and I'm just like, I was so scared. Yeah. Like, I was defensive about how I raised her. Yeah. Like, um, I was having this conversation with one of my boys, like, about a month ago. Like, my biggest fear was, like, you know, because I look back at my dad and him raising me, and, like, you want to believe that your parents just absolutely love you right. because you feel like the love for your kids now. Right. So the question that would come in my head was like, what happened to my dad? Hmm. Like what, ha what was the moment where he was just like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. And so it made me, my question that I kept asking myself was like, am I in, am I, uh, like, am, am, is this something that could happen to me? Like what? Just just like wanting to like walk just away. wanting to just yeah. walk away. Yeah. Like, am I am I invulnerable to this? Wow, and that's a real fear. Real fear. That's like, a real fear. Am yeah. I invulnerable <laughs> to just yeah. being like fuck this yeah. Yeah. and like bouncing? Yeah. And uh, I don't know if I struggle. I don't think I struggle with that anymore. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But like, yeah, for like a good probably because my daughter's like getting older and older, yeah. and I'm yeah. seeing like okay, like it's you know I'm committed to this. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, like that that was a huge fear for me. So yeah. that that shaped me in a way. Yeah. Um but from now it's kind of like um I'm learning. Yeah. Like I can't even say like I'm still learning as I go through it. Like yeah. I'm learning like um where I may be doing things the same way as my cuz I'm I didn't have one dad. I didn't have one mom. Okay. In a sense, like I had my grandmother. Yeah. I lived in the house with all of my grandma's kids. Okay. 
So my uncle raised me, yeah. my aunt raised me. Had a village. My grandma's yeah. brother raised me. Yeah, yeah it was a it was yeah. a true village, like yeah. which I think shaped to where I'm at now yeah. too. Like yeah. I lived in a house with a doctor. So like I feel like there was there's things that I'm like learning that I'll do and I try to teach my kids yeah. out of what they taught me. Yeah. And then I'll be like, wait a minute, that's not the right way to right. handle that yeah. situation. Yeah. Like I could like, why am I saying this to them? Yeah. Is it because that's how I was taught? Yeah. But then I'll I'll have to sit and think about how like a lot of the thing, a lot of those things were just bullshit. Yeah. So, most of it is. Yeah. Right. And it, it it makes me think because um, when oh the same thing it's like well I have a point where I'm like you know just screw this and um done you know I think I think every parent gets to that point where like you know what this is too much I just want to run but but of course we don't but but some do yeah but then I think about how 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 could someone genuinely not want to be involved in this right right in in this love and this connection and with me it was a bit different because my dad was a crackhead right so it was like the the drugs took so much over him that he couldn't really think right you know he couldn't really comprehend and i like, and like think for himself but at the same time everybody makes their choice right and as a young kid you know not being chosen affects you as an adult yeah you don't right? understand why he's you making that you decision. don't understand right yeah. um but then you go through the work and figure oh this is why and then you can get to a point where you can walk in forgiveness and like and and, and have it really improve your life yeah right? yeah um so i'm a i'm a big advocate for like you know um i, I like love fatherhood right i think i think it's so so important um, but you know, it, it, it just, it just shapes, shapes us and shapes you and it just shapes our kids. Um, so thanks for sharing that. Uh, no, no I problem. appreciate it. So, um, let's get back to the money. So you got a job, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing IT work. Um, and you were kind of forced into entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So first I was, I'm at this web hosting company. Yeah. And like I said, I didn't have confidence yeah. for entrepreneurship. Yeah. So my thing, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to climb the corporate ladder, right. Right. whatever, right? So, and I've never had a problem with that. So yeah. first job, I kill it at, get promoted. And now I'm like, well, this place really isn't no growth here. So um, I find this place that's kind of like the Facebook of web hosting. So mm. I end up going to go work there, get a job there, getting paid well, get promoted. And um, after around that time, I actually started like I found a course. Okay. So because I'm starting to build, like I said, my whole thing was like, well, I'm seeing these people build websites. I can build websites. Right. I can figure that out at least. So I start. Uh, I've never been a great designer. So like I've never been great at building, designing websites. Yeah. So my thing was like, I got to figure this out. So I ended up seeing a course uh, ad on Facebook. It's for the uh, 10K proposal or something like that. Like how to how to land a $10,000 yeah. like web design client yeah. or whatever by this dude named Troy Dean. So I signed up for the course. Um, and at that point it was like $900 or something like that, of course. which I didn't have for sure. <clears throat> right. And my daughter's about to be born. My daughter, my wife's pregnant. My daughter's gonna be born in about seven months. Hmm. Seven months out from our due date. I do not make enough money right, right. now. Right. Um, so I signed up for this course and go through it and whatnot. Um, and it, in the course, I learned nothing new about how to design websites. But what I did learn was I learned how to sell. Right. I learned how to position myself. I learned how to like, the, I learned about pre-framing and things like that and like how to, <clears throat> how to get the right prospects so that right. you can land the right clients. Right. Cause that's the whole thing about getting the 10K proposal. You need the right clients. Right. Right, uh, right prospects. So, from there, I uh, I end up getting another job at another web design company because I'm like I'm in the like right now I'm the way I'm looking at it, I'm in this balance right now. Yeah, yeah. Corporate ladder, go to school. Like I go back to school <laughs> before I didn't even mention I went to school for like nine years. Like wow. so, community college, didn't finish classes here and there. Only two years. Huh? Only two. Years. Well, I was there for nine <laughs> nine years at community college. Uh, I'm probably like, I always tell people I'm probably three classes away from like three associate still. degrees. <laughs> yeah, still. Right. Um, so I was in this place of like, I'm going back to school. 
trying to become a programmer because I'm thinking I need to learn how to design better. Yeah. And then I, uh, and then, like I said, my daughter's about to be born. And so I'm like, I need a better job because I need to make more money. Yeah. So my boy hooks me up with another web, web design company. And this company is more a web hosting company. And this is more an enterprise company. So they do uh, hosting for like Disney and Warner Bros and stuff like that. So I get that job. And I remember two weeks in, I, I call my, my boy on the phone that got me the job. And I'm, and I'm at school at the time. And I'm just like, bro, like I don't know if like, I just, I don't know what it is, but I don't feel like this thing is for me. I'm doing the same exact job I was doing at the last job. Yeah. More money. Um, I work completely from home now. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Unlimited vacation time. Like, I got all, I got the benefits. Yeah. And I'm just like, bro, I don't, I don't feel like, I'm not sure if I could do this. Two weeks in. I end up staying there for two years. <laughs> but at the time, I'm like, I'm building. Yeah. So, like, I go on paternity leave because I get the job about, I get the job about um, two months before my daughter, my first daughter is born, Naomi. So... As soon as um, she's born, I go on paternity leave. Mm. And I swear to you, while I was like at the uh, hospital, I think I landed like three clients or something like that. Wow. Like <clears throat> three clients, sign proposals, send payment. for and, and note, before this, I would probably make, I would send out proposals for like $300 projects and I wouldn't even land those. Really? Wow. Okay. So then after taking this course and going through all that and the content and whatnot and just getting better at it, then I started landing like $1,500, $2,000, $3,000 projects. Right. So I, I make like five or 10K while I'm like literally at the hospital. Yeah. So, but I still got this job. Right. Like I said, I was not confidence still. So, um, I stick at the job, but I'm still trying to figure, figure things out. So mm -hmm. I'm doing websites, blah, blah, blah. I do that probably until about so that's 2016. This is summer of 2016. I do that until January of 2017. Okay. So about seven months in. Seven months in, still got the job. I start doing, uh, I get into drop shipping. So e-commerce. Remember that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Jonathan's doing his thing. I hear yeah. about the numbers he did. Yeah. So I'm like, yo, I want to. Let's like, do it. Yeah, I want to <laughs> do it. I've done e-commerce yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know how to do yeah. it. So. And I'm hearing about this dude, you know, doing, what, 100K in like, yeah. you know, a week or something like that. <clears throat> so then I'm seeing, uh, I'm seeing that he has like, I see it. Somebody sends me his website. Yeah. And Kevin Williams sends me his website. So I'm looking at his website and I'm like, oh, shoot. And <laughs> you know, on the websites where it has a little notification thing yeah. that pops up that like, this person just bought, yeah, this yeah, person just yeah. bought. I'm thinking that's real. <laughs> It is real, bro. We get uh, I know, right? Cameras on. <laughs> so I'm, I'm thinking like, yo, like, dang, this dude's getting a sale every second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay, I, I got to get in this. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> the pop-ups made you get into it. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So like, so I'm, I'm hearing like people, like, I'm piecing things together. Like mm -hmm. Kevin was like, oh yeah, like they got Oberlo's, one of the softwares and like, you know, Shopify. And, and then they run Facebook ads. So, like, I'm like, okay, cool. Facebook ads, Shopify, Overload, Kevin Williams. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Wow, okay. Because <laughs> I guess Jonathan talked yeah. to him about yeah. it. I had not talked to Jonathan at all yet. Okay. So, I'm just thinking, like, oh, okay, cool. So, January comes around, and I'm just still in the process of thinking about it yeah. and, like, maybe doing a little research. I still have not talked to Jonathan at all. all. Right. I don't know why I didn't. I don't know what was going on then. So... January comes around and we're at a staff meeting for church and I, I think I walk in before the meeting starts and I see Kevin Anderson mm. on his laptop and I've never seen Kevin Anderson on a laptop before and he's on his laptop I'm standing over him and I see Oberlo yeah. and Shopify mm. and I was like you building an e-commerce store right now and he was like he was like yeah I was like and so like I was like oh okay and I asked him a few questions or whatever. And he was like, yeah, bro, I'm trying to get to it. And I'm like, and he, had, he hadn't launched yet. Yeah. So I'm like, shoot. So after the meeting, I can't stop thinking about it. And after the meeting ends, the meeting ends around like 7 o'clock or something, 8 o'clock. I go home. I go straight to my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
and I created I had my first e-commerce store and Facebook ad launched by right. like midnight. <clears throat> wow. And you went on to do some 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 badass numbers. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a struggle at first, but yeah, I ended up doing a. Uh, so I started in January, and by April, I think I had generated like sixty k or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so all online. All pretty yeah, all online. Yeah. Um. I remember my very first sale. I got my first sale probably like two weeks in. My very first ad did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Same here. Yeah. I tried to I tried to sell um it was around the time where I think the hands free law came out where like you couldn't oh, yeah, like yeah. Yeah. you couldn't even get caught with a phone in your hand yeah, or whatever, yeah, or something yeah. like that. So the the thing people were selling were the little uh the phone like the magnetic phone yeah. clips or something like that. <clears throat> I can't remember what it was. Yeah. So I tried marketing that, it didn't work. And then uh, my very first sale was a a cat purse. And the sale was from France. For, or you, or you went worldwide quick. Or, yeah, or, I didn't know anything. Yeah, yeah. I had no, I had no course, no yeah, nothing. I, yeah. I literally was just like, YouTube videos. Let me try and figure something out. Oh, so this is all done before you even connected with Jonathan. Well, I still hadn't talked to Jonathan. Wow. Okay. I, I didn't talk to Jonathan until I had generated like three hundred. I was doing like three hundred dollars a day or something like that. Really? Yeah. I had talked to Matt Hagberg. Uh, yeah. Okay. Before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I heard he was doing, he started doing big numbers. So then we had, me and Kevin went to meet with him one day. Okay. So that's why mentorship is important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, meant, meant to meet with him and he kind of showed us how to break down the numbers. Yeah. But uh, like I said, this is all still like, I, I didn't, I didn't know what John Mack was or anything. Like, wow. Oh. See, I know, I, I know that. I, I thought you went right to Jonathan and like you were just like, just like, just like, like there. Nah, I think Jonathan was like hiding from me or something. Like he wasn't. He wasn't showing me nothing then. That's what you guys, he hides. <laughs> my mic phone. Yeah. Is this gonna be in the podcast too, right here? We should just keep it all. <laughs> this is going no edit on. Huh? All right, mic's back. Um, <clears throat> what's saying? I didn't go to Jonathan. Yeah, you go with Jonathan, um, but you, you say you're making like 30 bucks a day first, and then like that, you yeah. go with Jonathan. Um, but even even in that time, so once you once you hit the numbers, you're doing like 60K, you, you're still working. Yeah. Right? So <laughs> you were still a little bit of fear. So like, why'd you actually stay when you saw, because I'm sure you, you made that 60K was faster than you made it in your nine to five, right? So why'd you stay? Scared, bro. Scared. Like, I just didn't, I didn't. Well, all right, I'll say this. So there there was, there was a moment where my, so, all right, I, I made about 100,000 almost. Right. Before my ad account got banned. So my ad account got banned on Facebook. And then at that point, I was like, shoot, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> how to deal with this or whatever, got it back up and I struggled for a while. Yeah. Like my ads were struggling, my e-commerce store was struggling, all that. I was still selling websites to people, mm. but like in my mind, I was like, I can't give up these benefits. Right. <laughs> like that's, that was what was going on in my mind at least. Right. But I would keep telling myself like, nah, if I didn't have this job, I could spend all my time on this and I can right. make it work and right. all that. Right. But it was just like I don't I didn't know how to just make it like where it was solid. Yeah. Um, and I was scared. I, I just I, I didn't like I didn't have the confidence. I didn't understand fully. Um, what made you quit? <clears throat> so I didn't quit. I got <laughs> fired. <laughs> well, here's here's what happened. Um, so when I was, this is probably like. A year, okay, so a year later. That's 2017. April 2017 is mm-hmm. when I when I was generating. I was doing about 30000 a month right. in e-commerce. Probably like 10 k profit. Um, and, and then, like I said, like ad account got disabled, whatever. Pretty much it was like a wash after that yeah, for the most yeah, part. Yeah. Uh, a year later, fast forward, now it's April of 2018. And I still am at the job. My wife is like eight months pregnant with my second daughter. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, all right, I got this job. This job's ready to fire me at this <laughs> point. Like, 
So you knew already. <laughs> oh, I knew. I'm surprised it took that long. Like, because they did not, like, they, I'd have coaching calls with them, like, hey, what's going on, blah, blah, blah. And I would be at all, you know, like, I just need some time off. Like, I, you know, I'm going through stuff. Like, so I took, like, there was one point where I took, like, two weeks off. Because I had unlimited vacation time, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But if it hurt the team, they're going to be mad at me. Right. So um, so I, I tell them that, all that, blah, blah, blah. And then my thing, I'm thinking, like, all right, cool. Here's what I'm going to do. Because I got next baby coming up. So I'm going to take this maternity leave. And I'm going to build. Or paternity leave, sorry. I'm gonna take this paternity leave. I, I got like two months of paternity leave at this job. Wow. So I'm like, I'm about to take this two months paternity leave and I'm going to get my stuff back in order and I'm going to bounce. Like, that's going to be it. So So you thought, huh? (laughs) Yeah, so I thought. Now, at the time, you know, my brother, Draco the Ruler, Mm -hmm. rest in peace, he's he's in court right now because he caught that, they caught them, the conspiracy charge and all of that. So, so I go, and this is like around the time where like, he had just got um, he had just got arrested, mm-hmm. so at the time I'm like, oh, okay, I need to. Uh, I, I hear about what the charges are for, yeah. So I'm like, I really need to go, right. Just to like be there to support. So I uh, literally the the very that same morning, I tell him like, hey, I, I can't I can't come to work today or whatever. Or I'm gonna be late, because yeah. I need to go to court. So I drive down to Compton from, from Corona to go there in the morning. And uh, while I'm there, I so I pick up my mom from the court and I take her back home. Mm-hmm. She lives like not not far from Inglewood at the time, so I go take her over there. Left Inglewood. Yeah, you're from Inglewood. Left <laughs> <laughs> <Love> Inglewood. <laughs> <laughs> so I go take her back home, and on the way home, she's telling me about like how, you know, my uh, she was like uh, Daryl's not gonna, um, you know, he, this this really screwed me. Like, and she's talking about how they even took her to jail one for, like, three days. Like, they raided the house. They took her to jail. Wow. They took my sister to jail. And she ended up losing her job. Wow. Because my, my mom worked for the, uh, she worked for L.A. County School District. Wow. So she ended up losing her job. Uh, and while I'm taking her back, actually, I'm not taking her home. I'm taking her to church. And she's telling me she's going to go pray. Mm-hmm. And so I go take her, and she's telling me about how, like, yeah, you know, I lost, this, I lo- uh, lost my job. He he normally is helping with my helping me with my rent, and now he's not able to help me with my rent and things like that. And so, after I drop her off, I start heading home, and I tell them I'll like you know, tell my job I'm on the way back or whatever. I'll be there soon. And on the way home, I start thinking to myself, and I'm like, yo, like I really want to be able to help, but like there's yeah. no way I'm going to be able to help right. to the level I want to while I'm working at this job. Right. It, where I only get paid this X amount of dollars right. and I'm barely even making it with that. Right. And so I go home, same night, I tell my I tell my wife, I'm like, I think I'm gonna quit. Like, I'm gonna put my two weeks in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the very next morning, they put they bring me in on a Zoom call and they fire me. <laughs> It's what you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. Is what you created. So, but from what I see now, I mean, I'm sure you probably see it too. Is like it, that was that was like a, kind of like a blessing. I mean, I know at the time, I mean, I have seen that way, but then you talk about screw the benefits, right? Because yeah. I mean, you can go out there and create with what you want. So you had your thing in ecom, you made money, you helped people, you built systems. Um, but you made a shift, right? You made a shift, and talk to me about that 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 shift from ecom to where you went, and then where you are now, building something that's truly freaking like massive. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So we'll go from e-commerce right. to. Uh, all right. So for that, I got to give a little bit of uh, context. Do it. All right. So 2018, lose my job. Um, 2018 till pretty much all through 2019 was like <laughs> scared the worst yeah. times of my life. Yeah. So I made a lot of stupid decisions because out of fear. Yeah. So in 2018, all right, had my second baby. Um, and I'm trying to figure out like how am I <laughs> how am I gonna yeah. make money? 
So, shoot, I, I remember I called you. I called Jonathan. I called Kevin Oil. I called everybody like, yo, like, I got fired. I got to figure this out. Figure it out. So, um, Jonathan sends me this course on, like, how to find, like, just, like, local clients to, like, help do agency work for or whatever. That didn't work. Uh, and then... Eventually, he shows us the script, right. the closing script. script. Yep. So, and I'm like, all right, I know how to do e-commerce, so let me go ahead and, you know, maybe I can teach people e-commerce right. or whatever, right? I know how to do it. I just don't have the resources right. on me right now. So, I go ahead and I create a course. I don't even create the course. I just, like, literally start selling. Yeah. I just start uh, telling, posting about it, blah, blah, blah. Hop on the phone, get people to schedule a call, hop on the phone, close them over the phone. You helped me a lot at that point, I remember. And there was a point where I made like, well, first I had spent everything. I spent all my 401k money. It was only $5,000. Withdrawn my 401k. I spent all that. And uh, at that, I think right after that, maybe like a month and a half after I got fired, I made like 12k in a week Mm -hmm. just closing people. I remember that. So I was like, I was like, okay, this is legit. Um, Then from there, I, uh, it was kind of on and off with that, you know, mm-hmm. not fully sustainable. Um, and then I, in 2019, I end up partnering up with AJ on some projects. That's right, AJ. Yep. Yeah. So he had a, some guys over there and, um, I got connected with the guy over in the Midwest mm-hmm. and they're doing, um, you know, projects for hunters and stuff right, like that. Right. So. All of 2019, I'm pretty much over. I went to Kentucky. I went right. to Indiana. I went to Orlando. Um, shoot, like a bunch of different places, like all throughout the Midwest and whatnot, and doing just projects for these different companies. Some of them pretty big companies. Yeah. Uh, so I got a lot of experience in the retail space there. And at the time, like I said, I wasn't making a lot of money. Right. So like. I was barely, I was barely surviving. That was yeah. the first time I actually called. Like, I called my grandpa because I was about to ask for money for rent. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was funny when I called him, I was like, hey, uh, I was like, what's up, granddad? How you doing? He was like, good. I was like, I was like, that's good. He was like, how are you? I was like, you know, just struggle out here. And he was like, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Me too. I'm struggling <laughs> just like you are. Well, yeah, so I was like, yeah, all right, well, uh, cool. Uh, I was good seeing, yeah, good talking yeah, to you. Talking to you. <laughs> he can't help. Yeah, exactly. But God really came through, man. Like every, like every moment where it was like one of those moments, yeah. he just like, yeah, it would be like, like the. Because I remember asking you, I'd be like, hey, man, when it when a three day notice comes, at what point do they actually like evict me? <laughs> Believe me, I knew all about that. Yeah, you would be like, hey, man, look, it's probably going to be like three days. Then they got like 15 days before they could actually yep. like, you know, yep. file a, like litigate you or whatever. And I was like, okay, well. Just make sure you respond. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you don't, you're done. Yeah. yeah. Well, that moment, the day I called him, it was like the day before they were going to give me the three-day notice. Or I think uh, they gave me the three-day notice. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was the day before they were going to give it to me. Yeah. They didn't give me a three-day notice for like nine days. Wow. That week. So I was like. Huh. Wow. Okay. okay. God came through. Yeah. And then the money ended up coming yeah. through eventually. Yeah. But anyways, at that moment, I really, in that year, I really learned the value of partnerships wow. all through 2019. Yeah. So I had the thing going with AJ. Uh, 2019, I partnered, uh, and I did all this without money because I didn't have money at yeah. the time. So I partnered with Kevin on an Airbnb project. Mm-hmm. I raised money for another Airbnb project. Uh I partnered with, I did the uh, the restaurant project, so mm-hmm. Shoots, which we'll talk about right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one other partnership. I can't remember what it was. Wasn't it with um, uh, Mark and Jay? Or was that after? No, nah, that one came after. Okay, after. So oh, okay. Well, yeah. Me and Kevin partnered on this the e-commerce subscription business, yes. so BPO Ventures. Yeah. So all of this happened in 2019. So that was March of 2019 was BPO Ryan, Ventures. Ryan, too. That one came in 2020. Okay, okay. But all of this stemmed yeah, from, yeah, from yeah. that. So me and Kevin partner on an e-commerce project. He's working on his story. He's trying to figure some things out. I come alongside and was like, yo, let's, I think we could do this with it. And that was the subscription model. Yeah, yeah. So that's 2019, March, or no, like June 2019. 
and then um and then in March 2019 we start the me and my three partners get together and we start shoots yeah so and the way even that started too was shoot man that goes back to 2018 right literally while I'm going through the thick of it right. in April like around the same time of my job me and my me and Sandra go to go eat at this restaurant yeah. And I'm sitting there, it's just like a wine spot, and I'm like, this mess is whack. Yeah. So I text my partner, Christian, who at the time is working. Yeah. And I text him, and I'm like... You're going to find a text? Bro, I literally want to pull it, because I literally just read this recently. Like, this mess is hilarious. All right, so this is April 20th. This is... Matter of fact... What year? 2018. Okay. I've already been fired. This okay. is five days after I got fired. So I'm at this restaurant with my wife. And I text him, I said, you ever think about starting a restaurant? And he was like, not extensively, but yeah. And I was like, what's stopping you from thinking more about it? He was like, I guess it would be laziness in a sense there's a lot, of, there's a lot to think about and I never know where to start, so I kind of push it aside. Wow. And I said, <laughs> said unfiltered, right? Yeah, unfiltered, yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> I say, man, let's do that shit. I know damn well you ain't trying to work for the rest of your life cooking for other niggas. Let's start planning. <laughs> And he doesn't respond. Okay. Right? So it's April 20th, 2018. So he doesn't respond. And then, like, I think I, I would say October 2018, then my partner Mike comes around. Uh -huh. So at, at the time, me and Mike only knew each other from playing basketball at the park. That That's, was it. Wow. And, and then he knew, like, he worked with Christian, but I never really, like, talked yeah. to Mike. So we joined this basketball league. This is, like, like I said, October 2018. We joined this basketball league. Um... And then Mike, uh, they all come and pick me up in my apartment in Corona. Okay. So this is September of 2018. Comes and picks me up in my apartment in Corona, and we, we start driving over to the to OC to go play this game. And while we're there, in the car, we start talking. And he's telling me about how he's starting his own restaurant, Mad Bun, mm -hmm. which is in Chino. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm telling him about, like, what I do with e-commerce and whatnot, even though I was struggling at the time. So we're talking, and he's like, uh, we just start connecting. We just start talking about books and all yeah. types of stuff, whatever. And so the very next week, we end up having a, we have coffee. Mm -hmm. So we're just chatting, whatever, talking about business, whatnot. Then um, I want to say maybe a week later, and it's funny because I have another <laughs> text right here, here with my phone, mm -hmm. to Christian a few months later. Where I'm like, hey, hey, bro, I'm about to go to, uh, to, go to Grapal to have a drink with Mike, he should come through. He said right. he couldn't make it. Right. Um, so at that point, Mike is getting Christian and Nolan to come work with him. At Mad Bun. At Mad Bun. Right. Christian at first wasn't trying to do it because Christian was working at TAPS. He was like, I'm about to be employee of the year over here or something, which he was. <laughs> he gets like employee of the year or whatever at TAPS, but didn't want to go work there. And I'm like, like, bro, you need to go work with him. Yeah. So you can learn like what it's like, you know, starting a restaurant, whatever, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So they go do that. And then, and then, so that's Christian and Nolan. So that's my four partners right, right. there. And then I want to say early 2019, so a few months later, um, Mike hits me up. It was like, yo, basically we got this, we're talking about this restaurant concept now. I want you to be a part. Mm -hmm. So we ended up going to a meeting at Kripal. And that was where we came up with the concept shoots at a bar. <clears throat> okay. So I want to kind of like set the stage. Um, so right now, this is 2019? This is 2019, March of 20, or like, yeah, February, March 2019. Okay. So 2022 now, we're in September. Um, you, you've built a multi-million dollar restaurant business, right, from doing from a text, from, a, from doing pop-ups, right? You're doing pop-ups, and now, what, what was that? Was that three, four years later? Is it that? Three, my, three my years. Year later, three years later? Three now. You're at, you're at a multi-million dollar uh, restaurant, right? That, that just, this doesn't happen, right? Yeah. So, first of all, do you know how it happened? And if you do know how, how it happened, let me know, right? right. It's because, you know, I may want some of my own restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, um... So we actually became a multi-million dollar restaurant in the first year. The first. Yeah. So 
20, so 20, we opened, so 2019, we filed the LLC and all that. And right. we, like you said, we do pop-ups. 2020, we opened up our first location September. So during COVID. Yeah. So September 23rd. Um, and then we, yeah, so we opened the first first location then. And by the end of, basically from September to September, we, we I think we did like 1.8 million or something in sales. Your first year? First year. Crazy. Yeah. Like 1.9 for the all of 20, yeah. 2020 or something yeah. like that. Um, I mean, 2021. I don't even know if I should share that. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, <laughs> you might have to blurt, blurt that out like, <laughs> like beep, beep. <laughs> nah, so, anyway, so uh, we open up, um, we open up three locations. So, we have three locations yeah. now. Wow. Uh, how we did it, or why it happened, how it happened. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I think there's a lot that goes, I think there's a lot of variables to go into it. Yeah. Like, I think for the most part, like having a good team was the most important part. Yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, like the idea of Hawaiian food was actually like Christian's like culinary school concept. Mm. Okay. You know, Mike <clears throat> really came together and like helped the concept. Right. Like as far as the menu, same with Nolan as well. Like just coming through and like making the concept what it was. Yeah. Um, and then my side of things was really like, at first, the crazy thing at first, I wasn't really trying to come in this thing as like, neither was Mike, as yeah. like, let's be like partners on this and like yeah. really make this thing work. We were thinking like, yo, this is gonna be like a, this is Nolan and Kristen's baby, yeah. you know? Um, and I know obviously knew marketing, but I didn't know anything about marketing a restaurant. Right. But the technology and marketing side of things really like helped a lot when it came down to like COVID and everything right. that was going on. So like loyalty programs and like getting data and all of that. So that was a huge part I think was yeah. like generating, um, you know, we had probably like 30,000 phone numbers or something like that wow. by the time we were like a, a year in. Um, Would you say that the same concept as far as marketing applies from e-com applies to restaurants. It's about getting the butts in the, in the, in the doors, right? We're, we're getting to get people in the doors and butts in the seats. But would you say it's the same concept or it's a little bit different? I think it's the same. Traditionally, it wasn't seen that way. Yeah. I think not necessarily because, I think it was more because the, the technology just wasn't there yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now like all of the POS companies and like, you know, the, the merchant processors are starting to take all of the same stuff from e-commerce now wow. and bring it into the restaurant industry. So right. like email marketing and email automation flows and um, text yeah, message yeah, marketing, okay, cool. Facebook ads, Facebook pixel, all of that yeah. stuff is like, you find them inside of apps and stuff now for restaurants. Right, right. So I think it's a huge, uh, I'll also say like we brought on partners yeah. that had a huge marketing um, uh, audiences. Mm -hmm. So like on Instagram and stuff like that, they had very large following. Yeah. They pushed the concept. Um, so that helped a lot. But I think also what we did prior to opening helped a lot too. You know, doing the pop-ups, yeah. which yeah. we made no money in. Yeah. We like all of our pop-ups, we lost money except for uh, the one we did in downtown Riverside, the last pop-up we right, did. Right, right. That one was successful in January of 2020. And then we were supposed to do 626 Night Market, which was one of the biggest night markets in SoCal. Yeah. And it got canceled because of COVID. Yeah, COVID yeah. So at that point we were like, shoot, yeah. you know, what do we do? We, we signed the lease yeah. already. <laughs> so I would say, if you want to ask me what the number one thing is as far as why this thing's yeah. where it's at, is belief. Belief, wow. Like, we just truly believe that it was going to work. Yeah. Like to the point where when we opened, the day we opened, we probably had, we had a maxed out $13,000 credit card and um, we if, if it didn't work, we weren't going to be able to make payroll. Wow. Like, <laughs> that was how we opened. <laughs> but you opened and it working, it working is working now, right? Oh yeah, yeah, we came out the gate. Yeah. Like killing it. Yeah. Like, but yeah, if it, if we didn't have that, it wouldn't have like, I don't think if we had the belief in it and just willing to stick through it, because like yeah. I said, we signed a lease and we started the thing with twenty four thousand dollars. That's it. That's what we like. The, that's what, the whole restaurant. Yeah. Wow. 
I mean, we paid for equipment, but that didn't come until like a year and a half later wow. when we actually had to move into the spot. But when we first decided to sign the lease, yeah, yeah, yeah. it cost us $24,000. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. That's amazing. So it's a, a story of uh, belief and perseverance because you've been through a lot. You've been through a lot. I mean, going from two years old to now, you've been, you've been through a lot and you've built something that's pretty freaking amazing. So congratulations on that. Thank you, brother. Congrats, congrats. Um, but then there are, are people um, that that need that belief. So how did you actually get that belief? Like where did it, like where did it come from? Is the nation yeah. pop in your head? Like where did that belief that this can actually work in anything you're doing? All right, where did it come from? Man. Um You know, be honest, bro, like, I think a lot of it has to do with just, <laughs> like, I've been so, and this is not the answer I don't think anybody else wants to ever give. Well, that's, that's Harold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Harold never gets the answer if I want to hear. <laughs> like, I, I've lived this life where, like, I was always written off uh, by everybody. Yeah. So, like, like, even when I was, like, making money online. Like, the whole idea was that I was doing something that, like, like when I was a kid, yeah. was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you wasting your time? Yeah. Like, you know, it was always, like, this thing of, especially after my grandma passed away, it was like, it was like, what's Harold doing right yeah. now? What's yeah. Harold into? Like, you know, why is he acting out? And so, to be honest, like, part of it, like, this whole building thing is kind of like a, like a shit on everybody yeah. else, yeah. but also like a, like I need some I need to be seen if I'm being yeah. completely real. Yeah. Yeah. So uh it probably has a lot to do with my dad, yeah. my mom. Yeah. Like it's like if I'm not bringing value to the world, like am I going to get love? Yeah. But that's like something things I'm just now yeah. learning yeah. to be honest yeah. cuz like as I go through I'm like, well what the heck? Like why am I doing all right. of this shit? Right. Um but I mean outside of that, like I've just never really had to have like a closed mind like I said, like I like, my family, for the most part, at least my grandmother, her siblings, like, they're educated. Yeah. Like, you know, my I grew up, I wasn't raised in my grandmother's house. I was raised in my grandmother's brother's house. Because okay. my grandmother was divorced yeah. around, like, 10 years before she raised me. Right. So, my grandmother's brother was a doctor. So, I was being in the house with him. Yeah. And this dude just has books everywhere. Yeah. He don't read none of them, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at least I don't see him right, read them. Right. He just had a bunch of books. So, like... I was always in this place where, like, you know, I could see, like, how important, like, knowledge was. And, like, um, and then also getting around the right people. Yeah. You know, like, the transition for me into entrepreneurship really came, like, getting around Jonathan and, like, Kevin Williams. Yeah. Like, and yeah. then just seeing, like, that was the first people I saw yeah. that were just, like, cool, but, like, had nice cars and had a nice house yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, like, I want this too. Yeah. And when before that, everyone around me was just like, or at least all like the father figures in yeah. my house yeah. weren't really about anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. they all talked about my, my uncle that was a doctor. They used to talk about him. Yeah. They used to call him Uncle Stanky. Like that literally was like the name they gave him. Because he was doing something, doing something with his life. Well, oh, he was kind of—he was kind of just old, and he was mean he all the time and stuff. <laughs> he was thinking, yeah, he really was thinking, but like, you know, like, but they—but they never had anything good to say about yeah, him. Yeah. It wasn't like being a doctor was cool. It was like, yeah. who else's family on this block is a, is a doctor? Right. Like, you know, and that's like a huge accomplishment yeah. back then for sure. It's like you yeah. just do to spend ten years. Not to mention that his dad was, or his his dad looks like a slave when you look at his old pictures. You know, like they grew up on a farm in Mississippi. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah, for him to come out to L.A. and become a doctor is yeah. huge. Yeah. But no one ever saw it. Like, no one ever talked yeah. about him like that. Yeah. That's real. I mean, that's the, the realest answer that I've gotten thus far. So thanks for being real with that. I mean, it's, that's just how you feel. Um, <clears throat> but in that, now you're starting to help other people who want to scale and and have restaurant business. And you're sharing, you're sharing your knowledge now, right? Um, so not just restaurants, but entrepreneurship. Um, well, first let me ask you this. Why did you decide to start helping people now? 
I've always wanted. I have a I have a huge heart for teaching. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so I don't think it's that I started. It's just, yeah. it's just a different widget yeah. now. Like yeah. something I know how to do. Yeah. So, and what happened was people started reaching out to me for yeah. help. So from there it was like, why not? You yeah. know, this is like the gift that I have. Like I should just teach people, I and I get a lot from it. Right. I mean, so, yeah. All right. So a little bit of uh, inspiration. So people are sitting at home, um, watching the podcast, listening to the podcast, what they're driving, working out. But they need a little bit of inspiration to actually just get their business going. Right. So give us a little bit of like, what's like the first few action steps somebody can take right now to actually just get going. <laughs> uh, for anyone trying to get an entrepreneurship. Yeah. Trying to get in or someone who's there, but just need to do better. Make find a mentor. Money. Say it again. Find a mentor. Okay. Find a mentor. Like I said, the, the shift for me was when I bought a course. Yeah. yeah. And like, and you and you got to do something that hurts. What do you mean by that? Like when I bought the course, it hurt. You had to pay for it. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. Like I did the payment plan, and even then I couldn't afford that. Right. So it was like, the, but there's something that like gets activated in that. Mm. Like I think a lot of people that are like want to be entrepreneurs are just comfortable and they like they like sitting in, in that comfortability. Yeah. So where it's like, is that a word? Like sitting that comfortability, I always it's one. That. It's one now. It's one now. <laughs> yeah. uh, like sitting in that, and because they're in that, it doesn't allow. One God doesn't move. Yeah. So, because He's like, well, if you're comfortable, what's the point of me moving? Right. And then two, like nothing activates in your brain because your brain has nothing to figure out. Right. So like, I've always thrived in just being in very uncomfortable situations. Right. And like that's how I move myself forward. Is like. Right. Once I'm feeling comfortable, take a risk so that now I have to push myself forward. Yeah. Or now God can come in and take over where I can't, where yeah. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say, like, one, get a mentor, and two, just put yourself in a little, like, yeah. put your back against the wall a little bit. Yeah. You know? That actually, I mean, you said that actually worked for me um, because I was, I was kind of stuck in a certain period of my, of my life and of my entrepreneurial journey. And I had, a, I had a big fear of, so this this podcast came out of like fear, right? Yeah. Fear of not wanting to be in front of a camera, fear of, of not wanting to talk, but it was like, well, I had to put myself in, I know I, know I wanted it, but I had to put myself in a position where I was uncomfortable in, in order for it to make, to make it happen. And I think that worked because it's, it's, it's painful to do things you don't want to do, but you know it's to the benefit of you and other people. Right. right. So I had to constantly put myself in uncomfortable positions, like being on camera, talking stand at our meetups. Right. I don't want to sit up and talk, yeah, but yeah. I know it's I know it's uncomfortable. So I'm saying if, if it's uncomfortable, I need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm comfortable, then it's like, you know what? It's not going to work. But if I'm like, ah, I don't want you know, I have to do it at our at our last event. Um, Kevin was was speaking. And um, he said, well, I want you to introduce uh, the next speaker, L. I'm like, hell no, I ain't, I ain't about to do that. <laughs> and because I was uncomfortable, I'm like, you know what? And I think if you feel this way, that means you have to do it. Right. So I did. So I, I, that's an amazing point where, I, where you have to put yourself in uncomfortable positions to actually get what you want. Yeah. So that makes you take a, action. Makes you take sure. action, yeah. And, and, and action is a mother of all success. Facts. So um, in closing, is, is, is there anything that you want to add and talk to the audience about in closing it could be anything so um follow me on instagram <laughs> harold i walters right another one next question is how we find you in instagram say it again <laughs> harold i walters okay uh, and then of course uh, of course shoots um so yeah what's next for you Shoot, all right, so we got shoots. Um, obviously, we got three locations mm -hmm. right now. We're looking to open in two more. Uh, we already have two more oh, you do? Okay. that are opening next year. All right. Um, so wow. okay. I won't share the locations yet. Yeah, yeah, Save yeah. that for later. Yeah. Uh, maybe squeeze one more in this year, potentially. Okay. Um, you know, we just, I opened the cookie shop, Sweet yep. G's with my partner, Angelica. Right. So that's already open in OC. You should have brought some cookies, bro. 
I know, right? I didn't even go to OC. I'll get you some. Some good cookies. (laughs) I got you. Uh, We got Buenos Migos, Latin Asian Fusion. They opened last year in November. Actually, have a second location coming for that uh, next year as well. I'm asking this question. I'm asking asking you on on camera, on on audio. So I want you to give your honest honest opinion. So I was at a restaurant um, last week, and um, I had an idea for a concept. If, if, if you don't like it, just don't tell me, right? <laughs> so my kids are mixed, right? My wife's Hispanic, and um, of course I'm African-American, I'm black. Um, I'm like, what about a, a, a Hispanic-African-American soul food fusion? Like, quesad- um, what's it, uh, macaroni and cheese quesadillas. Um, just, how is, this, how is that? I mean, you think that'll work? I actually, that was one of the concepts I actually wanted to start a while back. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was like, I think like a, a African-American or soul food Mexican. Fri- fried chicken dope. tacos? Fried chicken top, something with gumbo. Like we're gonna do it. Yeah. You guys don't steal my idea back there. <laughs> yeah, that would that would kill it. Yeah. Um All right. I honestly think we're in the space now where like anything can, can work. Yeah. Like it's all about branding and just having good food. Like right. you know, the idea of like you know, whether or not people are gonna like this food or if it's weird. Right. Right. Or if it's like, why is this person starting it and stuff like, like none of that stuff matters. Especially when you look back at like, yeah. you know, Ono's Hawaiian is started by a Chinese American. Is it really? Yeah, he's <laughs> like a Chinese dude from like L.A. or something like that. Wow. He might not even be from America. He might be from Chinese China. Chinese. He might have been from China and then moved to L.A. I just know he's Chinese. Yeah. He's not Hawaiian. Um, you know, I think the guy that founded Taco Bell's white. <laughs> Like, probably so. You know what I mean? So like, anybody can do anything now. I mean, you're right because you know? I mean, if you look at it, the owners of BET, they're not white. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're black. not black. They're white. Yeah. So, but it's like it's hey, managed by white by black people. Exactly. That's yeah. it. So, so it all works. You know, yeah. that's a common phrase in our circles that it all works. Right. It's just like you're getting down to it, taking action, and doing it. So, um, thank you for coming by. One and, last thing. Go ahead. Uh, follow at Breezy Experience. Uh, that's the brunch spot we're opening okay. this month. You're just moving. Yeah. You're just, just, just San Juan moving. Capistrano, that one's excited about. I'm okay. excited about. All right. Well, thanks for being here. I truly appreciate you being here. And, I mean, you brought so much value. So thank you again. And I uh, hope to have you back soon. Appreciate right, it, brother. Bye. Cool. Thank you for having me. You're welcome.